Hello and welcome back to another episode of Women Talk Tech. Today I'm joined by Sarah Abrantis, the VP of Engineering at Tier Mobility. With past experience in companies such as Go Euro, N26 and Get Your Guide, Sarah has had an incredible journey so far. As someone who has also been able to break into various leadership roles as a female, Sarah shares her advice for those looking to progress in the tech world, whether down the managerial or technical path. For those faced with this decision at the moment, or those working to help women in their own company progress in the tech world, I can assure you this is not a conversation to miss. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for for having me here. Uh, Hi, everyone. So my name is Sarah Abrantes. I'm the VP of Engineering at Tier Mobility. I started out as a director of engineering uh, two years ago in the company, and now I grew to be responsible for the the whole platform that encompasses uh, the infrastructure and reliability of the systems, data platform, IoT integration, geodata, edge computing, and also um, our consumer interactions as well with growth topics such as activation monetization and uh, our rider experience as well. So when you're starting a ride and you need to park in the vehicle, et cetera, that's uh, in my in my groups. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. How exciting. And how did you get into tech? I'm always keen to find out about everyone's journey. I think from doing this podcast, um, I found not everyone's journey is the same. There's no particular route. Uh, everyone gets into tech in many different ways. But yeah, what's your journey into tech? And yeah, why did you get into tech? Yeah, I think this is indeed very, very interesting. Everyone has a different story because tech doesn't have, uh, in my opinion, that very structured way of you uh, starting in the in the area, right? So I remember when I was a teenager, I used to be in some chat groups where people used to program some scripts to make the conversation funnier, like to <laughs> yeah, spice up a few things that, that was quite funny. But then also my my brother, when I was uh, growing older, he started to do some uh, computer programs. I thought that this was super interesting and wanted to do something of the sort as well. And then uh, ended up going to uh, university to do um, to to study also how to develop programs. And yeah, then then it goes. I went to a to a very nice um, R and D uh, company back in my hometown that was super well-known and super nice, met a lot of very interesting people. And I think that I fell in love and never left. <laughs> I love that. So your brother was the one who kind of showed you, well, not showed you, but, you know, uh, I guess made tech a bit more visible to yourself. Yes, yes, definitely. Because then I could see him at home in his own computer uh, doing doing a few things. And I could also then explore myself a little bit as well. And I don't know, do one of those uh, websites. Like I was probably the sister or the or the, the friend that did the website the shop this kind of stuff <laughs> oh I love that I guess it reminds me of like you know when you go to like a family function and like you have an uncle who's like in a really, really exciting career and then you kind of you know somehow fall into it as well how cool yeah it yeah. is and, and I think that it's nice to see people around you doing that right it did especially something that you can have a, a little bit of a taste before yeah that's super cool yeah, yeah, I agree. And it helps to see it as well. I think sometimes it's really hard to see yourself in a career that you've not seen before. But if, if it's been around you from a kid or as a family, I could definitely see how that that would help. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. And a bit more about, I guess we'll go into a lot of this in more detail in the in the kind of uh, podcast uh, coming up. But what's been your experience so far uh, as a woman in tech, you know, I guess embarking on your your kind of career journey in tech? 
what has been your what were some of your experiences that kind of stand out as a woman in tech so far like I had so many amazing experiences actually in my in my career I've met so many incredible people uh, all around and I do know I do see and I do feel like we don't have enough women in tech for sure but also I was also very lucky to meet some very 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 good people in in my career that um, rooted for me that cheered me up that uh, made things easier uh, for me so I I'm very grateful to have met all those people that goes from my first job up until now. And yeah, I think that I recognize it's a lot of luck on the, on the yeah. mix here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for, for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. I think everyone's journey is so different, but it's about the people you're working with and, and if they support your journey, if they don't, if they make your journey a bit difficult. So yeah, yeah. I definitely see how that could be helpful. I think that also, even from my, from my first job and from, uh, from my university as well, I got in contact with, uh, inspiring women as well, working in the, in the industry, people that, um, are a very dear friends and it's it's really nice how you start out sometimes with looking at someone and thinking oh my god can I be like this person one day and then yeah. <laughs> uh, years pass by and I don't know they, they become your friends and personal friends and this is just just amazing for me how how I've managed to to make these friends on the way yeah yeah I love that and I think that again it's the people on your journey that really do make it and I think if you're making friends along it then it, you must be on a good journey at that <laughs> yes yes it, 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 yeah. it's lovely um, one thing I, I would love to kind of dive a bit deep into in this episode is a bit more about progressing in tech. Of course, you are now the VP of engineering at T-Mobility. Um, so you have gone through that journey in terms of progressing, Wh whichever way you do it. Like I said, kind of like getting into tech. There's so many different ways of progressing, um, but you've done it. You've kind of had the um, had the opportunity to actually progress in tech and stay in tech for such a long time. Um, I know that most people, well, some people, you can go down the technical route, you can go down the managerial route, most, uh, well, not most, but I think each journey is very different, but I'm keen to kind of see what your thoughts are on the different options and, and I guess why you went down the route you did. Of course. So very, very early in, in my career, I started to get some leadership positions, which came rather naturally, like you're in a group and the, the group naturally needs some some structure and some natural leadership starts uh, emerging out of that and even when i changed jobs and i went as a as an individual contributor to another company it would grow into this point where i would take leadership of the of the teams or or the structure yeah. so that's that's how i started to be more in contact with the idea of taking up leadership or or managerial uh, responsibilities as well and on top of that, this is something that I actually really enjoy. I did have some times in my life where I was teaching as well. And this is something that I love doing. I love being around uh, people that I can help grow, that I feel that I can advance their career somehow. And it's also a very good feeling for me because it feels like I'm paying back a little bit of this, this good yeah. karma that I got in my, <laughs> in my career. So that that's how 
I chose like uh, between IC and, um, and and leadership roles, right? I think this is important because becoming a manager is not the only way that you can grow in tech. And you think, and I think that you you need to follow your passion. What are the things that really makes you uh, happy at the end of the day mm. or at the end of the week? When you think about your highlights, what are your highlights? If your highlights are never around um, necessarily the, the people or the leadership that you that you are exercising, then maybe pursuing a managerial path is not for you. You should rather stick with the thrill that you get when you when you actually make something make something work in production or or something of the sort, right? Because um, you need to feel it. I think that whatever whatever path you you choose, you need to you need to feel and you need to identify with it. So for me, it was definitely leadership, helping people to grow. This is this is the best thing of my day. I think that even now that in higher positions, the feedback comes a little bit slower when you're when you're in leadership roles and, and managing people. And I sometimes get feedback that of people that I worked with like months ago or years ago that they come back and say that conversation was really powerful or that thing that yeah. that you did was really nice. So it's a it's a delayed feedback now, but it's still it's my highlight whenever I hear something of the sort. This is what makes me happy for weeks ahead. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I guess at what point in your career you mentioned that you had uh, identified that leadership was going to be, you know, the some the, the kind of path that you wanted to go down. I guess at what point did you think, okay, this is a time to do it? Um, was it that these promotions kind of came to you or the progression came to you? What point did you decide, okay, this is the time that I'm going to embark on this part of the, because I think some, some people will think, okay, I enjoy leadership, but is now the right time to go down that path? Like, when did you kind of know that's what I enjoy and here's going to be the time that I'm going to do that? I think that the best way to experiment with that is in the current company that you are. It's a little bit complicated for you to ne- to have never done it and apply to a job where you're going to do it for the first time. So I yeah. think that the best way is to actually explore the company that you are and the um, and the opportunities that you find. Be it with formal leadership, but it with informal leadership. So informal leadership can also happen in, in many, many ways. Like you can basically create um, an environment around you where people seek for your for your advice, where people have one-on-ones with you. Like there's nothing stopping you from having one-on-one with your colleagues, for example. You can just Agreed, set that yeah. up and, and start talking to people and see how you can help them. And this is informal leadership being, being born. You have... Um, tech leadership or team leadership you also have like chapter leadership you can also be a leader in a topic not necessarily a whole team and these are the ways that you can start experimenting with that so i think that the first step would be uh talk to your manager to the person that's that's leading you like what are the opportunities that you can fill in so that you can experiment with that and then grow a little bit more in the in the role and the the first times that i that i did that and actually for a while they were all like this. I was in a company and then I started to grow. I got leadership positions. I grew in leadership positions until uh, I moved on to another place. But my first job as a manager was officially that I applied and entered as a manager was uh, actually here in Berlin at uh, N26, where I went to be engineering manager. That was the first time that I applied for a manager job. 
up until that point, all the, the management experiences that I had was growing in the company and becoming a leader. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think I couldn't agree more. I think you really have to experiment where you are. Um, of course, joining a company and applying for manage, management role is amazing, but you can learn so much in the company you're in, whether that be, like you said, informal or formal or however you do it. There's so many ways, you know, grabbing a, a colleague for a coffee and having like maybe a bit of a coaching chat. You know, I think that's even for me, that's kind of where I started to explore the next step. So, yeah, I really, really agree with that. Nice. And when, you know, going into that, when you applied for that first role at N26 or your first managerial role, what were you thinking? What, what made you kind of do that? So I, I think I'm the kind of person that I do, I do doubt a lot on, on the things that I'm going to do, but I just do them anyway. Like I, I keep my doubts to myself. Like no yeah. one needs to know how much I'm doubting myself. This, this can be my, my own secret with, with me. Um, the process was was really interesting. So back then, um, our CTO was uh, an amazing, amazing person. Love him. And um, I remember applying and thinking, okay, I'm never going to get this job. Like this, this is not going to work. <laughs> and in every step of the way, I was thinking, okay, maybe it didn't go so well. But then I would get um, an HR uh, message again saying, hey, people loved you. Let's go to the next stage. And oh, nice. So I don't know if it's um, necessarily, I know that we associate this a lot with um, women, but I don't think it's necessarily just a women trait that we oftentimes doubt ourselves or think that this is not going to, to work, but you already have to know what's the worst that can happen. Just go try it anyway. Like the, the best case scenario, you get a yes. And the worst case scenario, you already have it. It's no, it's not going to yeah. get worse than that. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. My mom, my mom always says the worst they can say is no. And I'm always like, yeah, but that, that in itself is, 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 is kind of the worst, <laughs> like you say, right? Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, especially, I think, especially when it comes to kind of confidence and, and actually going after things as a woman, you're right. We do sometimes doubt ourselves. How did you, how did you kind of, I guess, get through that doubt? You know, especially like you said, you applied and you kind of got the job. Did that help? What was it that kind of got you through that doubt, especially when you were applying for that role at N26? It's, it's very complicated to say because it's kind of a feeling when, I don't know, when you're going to make a literal jump of, of something that's, that's high or, or I don't know, you're in an amusement park and you're going to go through a to roller coaster, like, you signed up, you signed yourself up for this. Now you're in this. Now go ahead. Like, and yeah. yeah, it's really, it's not that in any moment I doubt less, to be honest, but it's just this, um, this feeling of go and do it anyway. Like it's not, it's not gonna hurt you. You know, it's just going to, it's just going to, to make you better. It's going to teach you something even if you get the no, you're still a better professional or a better person now because you know what else to do next time. You got more information, you learned, you're wiser. So go try, do it anyway, and then you see um, what's, the, what's the next step. So I, I think that for me, that's this belief of I can get wiser after that. Like if I don't get it yeah. to a minimum, I will learn something out of this experience and then I can try better next time. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the mindset is key, right? I, I think you can't look at a rejection as like an absolute no for the rest of your life, right? It's it's a it's a no for now. Um, but you know, take away what you've learned from that experience. And and like you said, right, you'd always walk away from a no being wiser or being a bit more knowledgeable because you now know what to do next. So whatever went wrong exactly. at that point, you now can correct that. Yes, I think as many, many people, I think that I'm also probably my my worst critic. So I think yeah. that also having some nice self-reflection, what could be what could be different for for the next time is something that's uh, that's very valuable as well. If you have anyone that you can ask, and I know that not all the time the companies do give you proper feedback in a in a recruiting process, which would be amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyone that you can ask actually in in general to to give us some feedback will be will be super helpful so that you learn something out of that. You don't have to agree with the feedback. That's not the point. But you can always um, learn a new perspective on uh, on you. Like it's your it's your reputation uh, up to a certain point. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And of course, you've had an amazing career, uh, Sarah, so far, working at some really, really great companies. And you've progressed in tech. And I think even from the, doing these podcasts, I found that a lot of women like tech. Uh, they get a job in tech, but that progression and that kind of staying in tech is, I think, what we're lacking. And I'm sure that could be part of the issue as to why there's not many, you know, women in tech in the first place because they don't stay in tech. But I mean. If you could, you know, looking back at your career and looking back at your journey, um, what sort of advice and tips would you give to people? I mean, you, you've said quite a lot so far, but if you could, you know, think of these mm -hmm. uh, these tips or for people who are looking to embark on a managerial journey, what sort of advice and tips would you give to these people? Find the people like-minded. I think that that's the, the first thing. And then try to find the, the people that can cheer you up, that can root for you, that can be um, your mentors, that can coach you, that uh, are going to support you on the way. I think it's important to have two things. One, it's important to have the, the people that's going to be together with you when the times are tough and you yeah. need these people just to remind you that you're also tough. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, those, 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 are, those are very, very important. And then you also need the people that are going to to help you climb the ladder, the people that are going to talk to you about what are you going to find on the next steps and how do you prepare yourself for the next steps. And I remember going directly to people sometimes to say, hey, uh, what are you looking for when you're hiring for, for this position? Like, if I were to apply for this position, what would be what would be important for me or how do you promote people in your team? Like for, if for whatever reason, you don't want to talk to your manager directly about this because I don't know, because you think that they are going to think X, Y, Z. Uh, yeah. Uh, the human mind is very complicated. I get yeah. that. Um, talk to someone else, ask like, how do, how do you promote people on your team or the last person that you promoted to, to the role X, what did these people have? Like, what can I work on? And try to go from there and try to, to fill in the gaps. And remember that you don't have to be 100% ready. No one's 100% ready for anything. And I think that this is another thing that we try a lot to do. We try to, we try to fit 200% a role before, before we even try to go for it, that, which makes absolutely no sense. You just have to show that you can bridge the gaps. That's the only thing that you, that you have to do. 
find the gaps and show that you can bridge them one by one. It takes time. It's okay. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love that bridging the gaps is key. Like even when I speak with engineers now, um, and you know, they might look at the job spec for the company that I'm working with. Oh, I don't have this. I'm like, well, that's one thing out of the job spec, which you don't have, right? You don't have to have a hundred percent of, of the job or what you need to do, right? That you're going to learn. Right. And that, I think that's, what's key. Um, especially when going into a leadership role there, there are probably so many experiences and situations you have not been through and that's absolutely fine, but you will learn. Yes, of course. And recently I was in, I was in a talk and we were talking about uh, this topic specific, specifically. And one point that is also very important, especially as you're growing towards a director role or a VP role, is that you do need to work on your succession plan. This is one of the basic things that you need to have in place. You're not going to get promoted if that means that your team or that your direct reports are going to be left without the, the proper support because the, or, yeah. or that would not be a good decision from your manager because that means that you're creating a, a, a hole just to promote someone yeah which doesn't make quite some sense so you need to work on your on your succession are you a tech lead in a team look around to your senior developers and think okay who could be the next tech lead if i'm ever going to be the manager of this team if you're a manager aspiring to be a director which tech lead do I have that could actually get my place eventually? You can hire externally, but you should also try to, uh, most of the times, grow people inside and see who could actually be prepared to take your place if you're going up. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I must admit, it's probably something I didn't think about too much when, you know, yes, you know, yeah, you've been promoted, but hold on a sec, now there's a massive hole or a big hole, which you now don't fit in, or you now don't fill those shoes because you've now in a different role. How did you, I guess, in your experience, how did you do that? Like, what sort of, I guess, metrics or KPIs did you have to look at when considering that person that could fill your shoes when you did move up the ladder? I think that one thing that's uh, important is, of course, the, the performance of these of these people. Also, what do they aspire to do? Not everyone wants to grow into the role that you're doing. This is, I know the people assume that they do, but not everyone wants to grow into yeah. the role that you're that you're playing. Actually, um, then there's about their performance and how easy or not they are actually managing the the current workload right because if you have someone that's struggling with their current workload doubling or tripling it it's not going to it's going to really yeah. not going to help right so you need to identify the areas that can run uh, smooth who are responsible for uh, for these areas how are they making it run smooth as well and those are all the things that uh, need to be considered when you when you're moving up I think that another thing, the same way that you end up relying on some peers and some promoters to, to be promoted yourself, people on your team also should, should do the same. So if you're talking about a manager in tech, they probably have a peer in product. How How's the relationship of the product team? Uh, do they have yeah. buy-in? Is this going to be something that's going to be easily digestible in the in the company or not? Like all of this none of this defines the promotion but all of that plays a role yeah yeah it helps right you know there's so many other factors it's not just can you do your job 
you know, the job that you're going into. Like you said, do they have a good relationship with the other members of the team? It's not just about the engineering side. It's a wider company. It's the business goals as well and, and how that can affect it. Yeah. As it grows, stakeholder management is, is, is a key point in your in your day-to-day so you do need this good relationship with other people not just your direct team but also your peers and other areas as well yeah yeah so interesting and um sarah you know i I guess i don't want to assume this but it seems like your career has been quite smooth um it's been you've progressed i I, i'm probably completely (laughs) wrong and this is actually why i want to go into this but you mentioned a lot about the people and the people kind of bringing you up and you you know like i said you've had an amazing career so far i really want to go into what sort of challenges you face because nothing's ever perfect right there must have been something that you really (laughs) did struggle with or it wasn't you know going well so far like you know in your role as a manager you know along your career what sort of challenges have you faced as a woman in tech especially there's there's a lot of things right so i'm i'm being i'm being very um lovely about the people that has cheered me up because there were quite some moments that i need some cheering up (laughs) i thought that like there must be something it can't be perfect (laughs) no and i and i i truly i truly appreciate that i like to stick with the cheering up moments more than the moments that brought me down Um, (laughs) yeah uh, but yes, there are there are many many situations, of course, that that happens, and the the point is that I sometimes wonder how much of it is um, a woman in tech situation, how much of it is um, experience, how much of it is a personal thing, and I honestly try to not stick too much to that because the point is that I cannot change the fact that I'm a woman. And I need to find what are the things that I need to change around it. So I need to find all the reasons. I need to find all the variables that I can work with so that yeah. I can work this out some somehow, right? I cannot stick to the fact that I have a problem because of who I am, because that is something that I'm not going to change. So I did, um, I did face some people uh, doubting my work for sure, uh, which made me doubt myself even more, as we were saying in the beginning. Um, and, and it's interesting to see, um, the perspective of big, of people, right? So in the beginning, I was talking about feedback and how feedback is a perspective. When you give feedback to someone, you're sharing your opinion. The person receiving it doesn't have to, to agree with the opinion that you're, that you're, that you're sharing, right? In the end, I think that every feedback must be hard because, in total, they are going to talk a little bit about your your reputation, like what people think of you and your work. But it's just feedback. It's just someone's perspective. You And perspective, you have to, to build a whole prisma and put everything together to actually build what is the real thing that you want to take out of that, right? Um, but I did have uh, people doubting my work. I did have uh, projects that were harder to, to complete than, than others, for sure. In the end, communication is a very is a very key skill, right? Trying to to find buy-in, trying to find how you're going to to find the right person, the, the right people to support you around with your with your ideas and your your career. And having this kind of people for me is definitely what makes you what makes you thrive. I had some bad managers, as everyone has had them, of course. <laughs> I've also had some amazing managers in in my career, like people that 
would look out for me, would give me the right tips, would recognize the right work. And for me, myself, I also had my my bragging list, let's say, like the, the my accomplishments and my things that I that I just keep it to to cheer more than than for performance review. It's oftentimes to remind myself that all all of the good work that I have put in in place. You know, sometimes you are, as I said, doubting what you what you're going to do or doubting yourself. You can look back and see. Look at all these amazing things that I've done so far. I think that this is super important to, to help you out on the way. I wouldn't like to go too much into, into very specific details of, uh, of, of this kind of challenges, but I think that this is something that we all share and that also I can say for sure that some male colleagues also go through, um, through yeah. some different situations where they're also doubting themselves, like not every... Not every person, because they are men, they are super hyper-confident and, and so on. Like they, they also go through this kind of things. And yeah, I think, I think it's important to also, to also recognize it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think it's really, really, I, I think I, I tend not to like to dwell on the challenges, but I think you're right, it's good to reflect. I mean, on, on the achievements, you mentioned that it's good to kind of go back and reflect upon, you know, the achievements you've had, you know, the, the things that have gone really well. You know, what's been your biggest achievement to date, would you say, as a manager so far or even just in your career in tech? Because I think it's really good to I, I don't want to say it, but I feel like as women, we don't like to shout about our achievements. We like to kind of keep them to <laughs> ourselves, or, you know, we don't say things too much. You know, shout about it, Sarah. What's been your biggest achievement so far in tech? <laughs> yeah, that that reminds me to to make um, an advertising to something not mine, definitely not mine, uh, but there's a program from Google called I Am Remarkable. And I think this is amazing because it puts you in a place where you're constantly saying, I am remarkable because blah, blah. Huh. And it's amazing because I don't think that we say this often enough uh, to anyone, not even to ourselves. And yes, we are all remarkable in our own ways for striving and, and for getting here where, where we are. So uh, here's an invitation to anyone listening now for you to think, like, why are you remarkable? And try to say it like at least twice to yourself. I am remarkable because um, when I think that I'm remarkable, uh, I'm oftentimes uh, thinking about the people that I have impacted the the careers that I have changed, the people that I could influence along along the way. I think about that when I meet people, and I did meet um, uh, a direct report of someone that was a direct report of mine um, in a few months ago or a few years ago, and they came to me and they said, Sarah, I still keep the notes of our 101s and everything I've written down, and I still go to those things, and I look at those things when I'm uh, when I'm going through some trouble or when I'm in a difficult situation and I go there and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to find something in our notes about this. And and this is very powerful to me. It's like, okay, there is someone randomly thinking about me and conversations <laughs> that we've had yeah. and taking inspiration out of that to solve some problems. For me, this is when I do feel like my superpower and and like really in action and that I really do feel remarkable. I love that. I, I think, you know, as a leader, especially there's nothing better than just seeing someone who's been reporting to you or someone that you've led, you know, doing well and actually saying, you know, thank you. Um, you know, you've helped me on my journey. Uh, you know, I think, I think that yeah. is remarkable. 
<laughs> yeah, there are many projects though. There are many, many fun uh, stories about uh, complicated projects or, or broken projects that you fix or huge savings to a company that you promote through, through your projects and this kind of things. But yeah, for me, I think that the impact in, on people and the, the longer lasting impact that you have on people is, is what makes me feel remarkable. It's definitely not the, it's quite nice, the millions that you save to the company. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that someone coming to me years later saying, hey, I still look at what we, with what we talked before. This is what makes me feel amazing. I love that. First thing, I'm going to download the app, which you mentioned, but equally, I think it is, it's so good to hear because you're right. We don't, we don't like to think about it. We tend to kind of, we're in a world of just, you know, running around. So it's quite nice to kind of sit back and really reflect on the people which we have helped. Um, I guess for those struggling to, you mentioned that, you know, you mentioned your biggest achievement has been helping people. And actually that person who said that for those struggling, I guess, to support others or not knowing how they can support others in their team, you've of course done an amazing job at that, I'm sure. Um, how can you support others? You know, as a manager, how can you really kind of help people and, and I guess get the same impact which you've had on that person that kind of saved the notes? What would what would be that for you and, and what sort of tips would you give people there? I don't know if there's um, a secret thing here, but uh, I think that empathy is the is the salt in everything. Like you you need you need salt in your cookies as well. Like you always yeah. need a little bit of salt in your food. You need a little bit of empathy in, in everything, right? Having this empathy is super important. Understand what the people are, are going through, what are their aspirations, why are they turning to you, what do they need? And the truth is that you cannot help everybody and you cannot help people all the time because you also need to take care of yourself. Uh, and this is super important, right? You need to, as, as we see in the airplanes, you need to first put on your mask, make sure that you're, that you're okay, and then you can give to, to other people. And if you just give, 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 then you also end up sometimes with very little energy for yourself. Yeah. So it's important to take care of yourself first, for sure. And give as much as you can whenever you can, but also be, be honest with people. If you don't have the, the headspace, if you don't have the time, if you don't have the energy at this point, also be honest with them. If you can provide an alternative, amazing. But even if you cannot, I think it's important that you also get some empathy back and everyone recognizes that we are all human beings and sometimes we also need some space or we need some time for, for energy. I think that those are the best relationships that I have cultivated in the past are the ones that I know that I'm giving something to people, but they're also giving me my space and they also recognize yeah. that I'm a manager, but I, I, I work like 40 hours a week, right? What happens in the other in the other time? I'm, I'm still a human being. I have my daughter to take care of. Uh, I have my family and yeah, everything gets in the way sometimes. It's normal. Everyone has their own story out of work. And it's important to uh, have people around you that will have this empathy back towards you as well. Yeah, again, I really like that because I think every time I kind of listen to a podcast about leadership or I read a book, empathy is one of the words and one of the topics which comes up so much. So I definitely see that being an important factor into supporting others, but also supporting yourself. If you know, if you, I think yes. that come, I can't remember what the exact saying is about you know, the glass half full. I'll find it, but yeah, I think you can't give a hundred percent if you're not a hundred percent. And I think that comes with having empathy for you, but also empathy for those around you. 
Yes, and remember when we were talking about our our inner critic, right? Like mine is is a is a horrible person. I try <laughs> I try to be nice to everyone, but like my inner critic is a is a very horrible person. And I think that in general we need to think like would I would I say the same thing or would I even think the same thing about a friend or about yeah. a coworker? I think that oftentimes we are too hard on on ourselves. And empathy, yeah. This is something that you should also practice. Uh, kindness is something that you should definitely practice with yourself as well so that you can actually show this empathy to, to other people. You can only give what you have. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. And I guess a bit of a side note here. I mean, you know, we've spoken a lot about moving down the managerial path, moving down the kind of leadership path, the people route. Uh, I'm cautious that not, like like you said, right, this is not for everyone. Not everyone goes down the people-focused route or the managerial route. And I'm sure in your mm -hmm. career, you've seen people that you've had to support down their, their kind of technical step or, or their routes versus you maybe deciding that the people route was going to be a bit more for you. Um, I guess for those not looking to go down the managerial route, how how would you maybe, you know, advise them to grow technically? You know, if that's not their path, which is absolutely fine, what are some of the things which they can be doing to grow technically in their career and stay in the tech space, which is kind of what I'm getting at? Yeah. So it depends a lot on what you're doing right now, like the company, the type of company that you're uh, that you're working on, because that will be smaller company with a uh, smaller um smaller tech challenges and there will be bigger companies that you can get more and more scope and have more and more um impact right so why widening your your scope is is one of the things when you're in your company like what are the other teams that are doing maybe similar things to what you're doing that you could could help how can you get involved in chapter uh, leaderships, for example, leading a certain aspect of the architecture of the company or a certain technology within the company as well. This could be this could be one point. Participating in the forums that your company holds to, uh, to talk about this kind of technology. And then also growing this towards a wider community outside of your company as well. Like go to go to some talks, give some talks, get involved in some meetups, uh, form some some groups around you, and go expanding, expanding until your influence actually is the one that you that you want to have. You can always have a pet project for for yourself as well at home, or or helping friends, or volunteering work, uh, um, uh, volunteering work as well if you if you want to work on something different. But I think that oftentimes you do actually have quite near you the opportunity to expand your your impact and uh, the technical challenges that you're going to get involved with. Yeah, really interesting, because you're right, there's probably so many things in your company or outside of your company which you can be doing to redevelop really yourself. Um, so I guess kind of trying not to stay boxed in your company, seeing what else you can do outside of it, the pet projects, and really just kind of, I guess, developing and investing in yourself technically. Yes, definitely, definitely. So there are, of course, books, courses, uh, try, try a new language. Uh, yeah, th these are all things that, that can help you. Uh, but a specific advice so like only comes with specific environments. It's a little bit hard. Yeah. But those are some some general things, um, at least on a yeah generic perspective on how to stay and grow. Yeah. No. Amazing. 
I think a lot of people will kind of take that away and, and really think, okay, I don't want to be a manager. That's not for me, but this is what I can be doing in the meantime to really kind of keep growing and kind of stay in tech. Yes. And I think the, just doubling down on, on something that I just said, right. I think that there's so many opportunities out there to do some volunteering work, working, um, yeah, outside of your, of your working hours, if you want to develop something in a language that you're not, um, necessarily working with at the moment, probably something a little bit more commercial to do volunteering work, but yeah, try to find something that you can have an impact, uh, as well, not only on your tech knowledge, but maybe in, in, in society in general. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I guess one last thing just to kind of touch upon, which is something which we spoke about, you know, a lot when we had our first conversation. And I think throughout your, throughout this talk, throughout your career, a lot of what you mentioned is, is actually the people that have been around you. And I think we hear a lot about mentors, sponsors, networking and, and why it's so important. Mm -hmm. I guess, tell us a bit more about that, Sarah, and tell us a bit more about how the importance of networking and, and mentors and sponsors has impacted your career and your journey in tech. Yeah, it's amazing because I, I need to, to have a disclaimer here. I am actually an, an introvert person. It puts me, it gets me a lot of effort to um, to be out there talking to people and, and socializing and, and networking. But this is very, very important. And you do need to put on to put on the effort because this these relationships, this the social part of your work is was is also what's going to help you uh, move further. Some people will call it politics. Uh, it can be, it cannot be. That's not necessarily the point. The point is that people will only notice you if they know what you're doing and how will they know what you're doing if you're not talking about it with anyone and you're yeah. not showing this to anyone. Like you also need to, to cut your manager some slack. Like they don't see everything. You have to also promote stuff. Um, so having this network and, and finding the people that can help you move forward is super, is super important. So look at your manager, for example, who are the people that, that they listen to and can you actually get uh, also closer to these people? What is important for them? And then what's also important for, for your manager. And you can start considering these things when you're building your career path and how you're going to approach projects and how you're going to uh, to approach your meetings, how you're going to show yourself, right? It's important to have someone that believes in you, but you're only going to find those people after a while in the company. You're not, probably not going to join the company already with someone that you can think about yeah. as a, some sort of sponsor, it takes a little bit of time because first you need to show your work. You need to, to show that you're uh, worth of their attention, let's yeah. say. <laughs> um, and after that, what happens is that people are just going to remember you. That's the whole point. You want to be someone that's that's memorable, that when a problem comes, they think of you to solve the problem. They think of you to fill in the gap. You need to be present for that. So again, even being an introvert, even being someone that uh, has to put some effort into, into this kind of conversations, you need to ensure that people are going to think about you when the opportunity, when the opportunity comes. Um, for this, I'm not really sure how to, how to find these people. It was just very lucky for me that they were in the company at the same time that I was. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're going to you're going to find it when when you're having conversations with them. Then you're going to see 
how open they are or not to um to, to help you move up to help uh your name to be the one that people think about it never starts with hey do you want to be my sponsor i, I don't think that this ever works um but you're going to build this relationship uh, as you are in the company and as you're growing yeah yeah and i think the key takeaway there is you have to put yourself out there you know unfortunately sponsors and mentors and you know advisors are not going to come to you if they don't know you so you really have to kind of put yourself out there you know like you said you're a bit of an introvert uh, and i think sometimes that's hard right to put yourself in situations where you do have to shout about things or you do have to kind of socialize but you know, look at the benefit of it and, and look at the benefit for you, right? Meeting the people which you have done has really helped you grow in your career. Yes, yes, for sure. I, I think that for me, that's that's the probably what has led to the fact that I have so many friends or people that I that I really call friends in this in this journey, not just co-workers or ex-co-workers, because for me, I put really a lot of effort into this um, this connection, the social connection, as, as we were talking about. It ends up that you're so invested and you get people to be so invested back that in the end, it's just a long-lasting friendship more than um, just a, a work relationship. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, amazing. Uh, well, no, Sarah, honestly, thank you so, so much for taking the time to have the conversation. Uh, I know everyone's going to love this. So yeah, thank you again for your time, for your effort and, and for sharing your, your kind of journey and, and what you'd advise for people looking to stay in tech.